Welcome to all of you from around the world. In this episode, Soul Transformation Specialist Amisha Clevon sits down with me for a powerful women-centric conversation. If you are a man, don't hit pause. This conversation can provide you with much to take your own relationship to the next level. We go into fascinating areas, not in a traditional sleep view. but exploring something which can make or break all women our sense of self worth as you'll see right through the conversation amisha is definably on point with feeling a powerful sense of self worth herself what can we do to reach that space ourselves we'll talk about how comparison is the thief of our joy and how we can reach balance strength and inner sparkle you'll see that many of what we break down on this episode play an integral part in your ability to rest sleep and rejuvenate as women let's all come together in support of feeling a greater sense of self worth so that we may transform ourselves our lives and the female world at large my guest amisha clevon is a sleep coach healer and soul transformation specialist she has over 20 years of experience as an integrative physical therapist and is extensively trained in manual therapy movement modalities including pilates yoga bar and is a certified women's wellness coach she uses her background to help women understand their root causes in not sleeping and helping them discover how to begin to shift their beliefs to understand the wisdom that comes from rest and allowing the body and mind to settle you can find her at 40daystobettersleep.com Now join me in this conversation with Amisha. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine practitioner, author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Amisha, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast and as we just spoke a little while before we got started with this conversation behind the scenes uh it's taken us a while to actually get this to happen and obviously there were certain things that had to come together to make this happen although i must start by saying since we're speaking about how self worth impacts women and their sleep which is really a very key topic today i must mention that 
the fact that you didn't rush to schedule with me and that fear of missing out has a lot to do with how your self-worth is, I think, because most of us have this fear of missing out and we feel that we lose those opportunities and that's going to actually impact our own sense of who we are. And uh, so I would love to actually break this down as much as possible, because I know a majority of women must be having struggles with feeling self-worth. So if, first of all, why this topic itself? And uh, of course, the women-centric conversation is something that I'm always touched by, because I think that as women, we still have to do so much. We still have so far to move ahead in terms of change. Uh, so why this particular conversation? And also, what are all the aspects that contribute to our self-worth? Okay, thank you so much for having me. And um, yes, I agree. I think it's such an important conversation to be having in terms of um, self-worth. And um, yeah, thank you about the scheduling. Um, I think that one of the things that's really come through for me is that um, what is meant for me will show up for me. And so when opportunities present themselves, um, for me to be at my best, I really have to be in a good space. And we recently just moved and we were in boxes and it took two weeks to move. And it, it was just a, a bit of a lot of chaos. And I don't function that well in chaos. And so it's very hard for me to schedule and be grounded and be really who I be the person that I um, talk about in conversations. And so, um, so I'm thrilled to be here now. And, um, I think that when it comes to self-worth with women, I think that one of the points you just brought up is so vital in terms of women do have this, and it's not just women, but, um, I can speak to women to women as a woman is, you know, there is this fear of missing out. And if I don't do it now, this opportunity is gone. And yes, I have 10 things on my plate, but I'm just going to go ahead and take and say yes to this. And I'll give up two hours of sleep, or I'll just wake up earlier or whatever it might be. But I know that women um, really do tend to kind of burn the candle at both ends to really make it in whatever it is that they're driving towards, whether it's their career, whether it's family things, whatever that may be. And um, I, I do think a really essential piece of self-worth is just setting boundaries for what is truly important and then moving from that space. I love it. And maybe we can just start by actually looking at how do we realize what is truly important to each of us? So is there some way, because obviously there's going to be different. And when you spoke about burning the candle at both ends, I must admit, Amisha, that if a candle had six corners, I would be burning it from all six ends of it. Oh no! <laughs> Uh, so I was just smiling to myself because that's totally me that I would say, okay, I'll just wake up one hour earlier. I'll just do this for a little later in the night. And I think it also, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't want us, of course, to go into these different tangents, but 
in terms of Ayurveda, the fire body, the pittal, or even what in the West you would name as the Wonder Woman, uh, adrenal overdrive. I mean, I'm all of that. So it's very easy to actually burn out in that situation. And along the way, I've realized that for me personally, there are a few things that are a non-negotiable. And that's like by 5 p.m., I'm put everything on airplane mode and then I don't have any access. So there's no mails, no messages, nobody can reach me. And somewhere I found that there is a difference for me in putting a phone on silent versus putting it on an airplane mode because somewhere it's telling my subconscious mind that the world can wait for you until the next day and that's made a world of difference but how can we actually look at what's important to each of us is there a paradigm that you have some sort of a framework in terms of all these petals that uh, are playing a role in each of us because I think also there is a tendency if we looked at the different aspects of our life that some of us do we might be very disciplined about like for me putting off the work but maybe I don't give as much time to sitting with my child I mean how do we actually look at what and is how do we balance out all these areas Oh, I think there's so much in what you just said um, that a lot of women um, think about, talk about, have conversations with their friends about. Um, and I think that what a lot of it comes down to is, um, I mean, I personally don't believe that there is balance per se. I think that when you're working, you're fully present in working. When you're at home with your family or your child, then you're fully present with your child. And I think that that's really one of the things that um, has gotten lost in today's world, especially with our phones. Um, as a phone owner also, I struggle with this constantly. Um, but it's really, when I'm with my child, when I'm on my phone, I have to think to myself, is this what I want to portray to him? does this really show my priority to him that he is a giant priority in my life? And am I making him feel loved and important by checking whatever it is I'm checking? And sometimes there are things that you need to check, you know, but the majority of the time, whatever I'm doing can wait for a different time. And so I think that um, one of the big things that I really um, work with with my clients is having them get present. Um, I think in today's world, multitasking is the norm, but research has shown that like our brains really don't do well at it. And so really it's about single tasking. So if you have to write a paper, set a timer, for how long you're going to work on the paper and work on that paper without other tabs open, without other things. Um, if you check your emails frequently, like many, many times throughout the day, pick maybe three times during the day that, that you're going to time block your emails and do them then. Um, and then I think that the other really most important thing is finding time for stillness in the day. I think that a lot of people start in the morning and they go, 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 go all day. Maybe they'll stop and have lunch. Maybe they'll have lunch while working. And then they go, 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 go until night until they fall into bed exhausted. And I think that that continuous, 
that continuous kind of drain on our systems, that's not how our bodies are meant to function. And so really finding little pieces of the day that you can take back and move inward. And so one of the first things that's going to come up that people listening are going to say is, I don't have time for that. And the truth is, if you're able to shift how you're functioning with technology and some of these thoughts in your head, like that I don't have enough time is kind of a scarcity mindset versus moving from an, moving to an abundance mindset that says, I do have the time and I'm worth it. And so by finding these kind of times of stillness, what I mean is stopping for a minute during your day, maybe putting your hands on your heart and just taking three deep breaths just to start to anchor yourself. What I mean is maybe first thing in the morning, um, whatever your routine is, if it is to grab your phone, then to wait 10 minutes before you grab your phone and go outside and get some sunlight or go near an open window and just do a couple of stretches first thing in the morning. Um, it might mean taking a 15 minute lunch and going outside. Um, it might mean taking your body for a walk. Um, I regularly have my clients, um, every hour I do have them use their technology and set an alarm on their phone to do a body check-in. And when that alarm goes off, whatever they're doing, they stop and they just take 30 seconds and say, what does my body need right now? And it could be, it's, I need to just get up and move around. It's, I need to go get a glass of water. I need to use the restroom, but really beginning to pay attention to those subtle signs of the body can start to make a difference in some of these bigger things we're seeing in the world right now, anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, um, just all of these things, insomnia. Um, but how, how we live our day is gonna affect our nights. Oh, absolutely. And when you mentioned, Amisha, about how, um, you know, even you're with your child, you're meant to just be with your child completely. And this took me back 20 years ago to when I was in the ashram and training in yoga. And the guru had said about meditation, not being sitting in a place still and just trying to meditate, but it's about being mindful and meditative in anything that you do. So if you're with your spouse, then just being completely with your spouse or when you're at work, then of course, being completely with your work. And that is also a form of meditation. So there's a beautiful verse in the Bhagavad Gita, which translates as is it, it's more important to find the stillness in action, meaning whatever that you do, you find the stillness rather than actually sitting still and having that active mind and forcing it to be still. Uh, so we could be meditative in practically anything that we do. So that's what you described and that was so beautiful. Um, but of course, the truth is, and I must say this before we really talk about self-worth, is that as a working woman today, it, we do have far more on our plate than maybe my grandmother 
to generations ago because there's simply too much to do in terms of we want to be great mothers, we want to achieve something out there in the world, we want to have that quality relationship. And at times on a daily basis, we do feel as if we are missing out or failing miserably in some aspect of this. So what can we actually do when this is a uh, absolute, uh, I mean, it is something that we need to figure out together as a group of women and how do we do this and how, of course, what I would love to know, how do I just make myself value myself a whole lot more because I'm sure those are areas that women come last because usually when I have clients fill out forms and talk about what did they do for themselves and that's always the last priority it's always and there's always a sense of guilt that oh I could have been doing this for my child I could have made something else instead I chose to soak in a tub for myself and these are things I think that is not just in a house where maybe there's a conservative a uh, spouse who's giving them that sort. I mean, it has totally to do with themselves. It has not, it may not always have something to do with an external factor. Somewhere deep down within ourselves as women, over generations, over cultures, we've come to this point where we feel that what we need to do for ourselves as women for self-worth is somehow compromising other aspects and is somehow associated with guilt. So what can we actually do? Yeah, so guilt is a big one with women in particular. Um, and I think that sometimes it amplifies when women have families um, because then they, you know, I think it also depends how they were mothered. Um, and what that role modeling looked like. But the truth is that um, we all have a cup to fill and we can't fill someone else's cup from an empty cup. And I think that sometimes gener generationally or culture wise, um, I actually think a lot of this can be passed down in culture is, um, you know, when you're doing things for yourself, it's considered being selfish or it's not okay. Um, cause you should out, you should be doing out this for the family or this or that. Um, and so I think a lot of that can be cultural based. Um, but I also think a lot of that does just come from this issue of, I am not enough that a lot of women have. And, um, I think that there are practices to begin to change that. It's certainly not an overnight fix, um, but it's consistent practices. I think that a piece of what happens is that women lose trust in themselves. So they, they, they make little promises to themselves that tomorrow I'm gonna take a bath, tomorrow I'm gonna go on a walk by myself, tomorrow I'm gonna do this. And then when they don't do it, they, are betraying themselves consistently. And so until that can shift, they're always gonna give out and look for external validation for worth when really it should be, it, 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 it's ideal if it comes from the inside out so that we're not looking at external sources of validation. 
So some practices that I um, believe are very helpful. But before you are, go into practices, yeah. Amisha, I must ask you because you said that we need to focus on self-worth from within and stop looking yeah. at that from external sources. Yeah. And yet this is some sort of a misnomer in today's world where we're constantly seeking validation from a social media world so yeah. I mean that itself because I think it truly does uh, when I tell someone to as you said time block areas yeah. for social media so you know being very conscientious and mindful about usage where you do interact but it doesn't become where it takes you over and then the fingers yeah. just moving rapid fire constantly through your screen uh, and I think that does contribute when you've lost that control there is something to do with dopamine and then there's the aspect that then it's leading you into a state where you are actually seeking out external approval. So I think uh, maybe you'll talk about that in how we actually be increase our self-worth in terms of practices. But I just wanted to mention that it's really hard for many to do that because I've personally had clients uh, in US so obviously like 12 hours ahead behind me and sometimes in the middle of my day I get replies when I've sent something and then I've said but why are you texting me at this time isn't it midnight or one o'clock and they've said yeah I didn't get sleep and then I was just scrolling social media and um, so, of course, I don't think that many women actually make this a priority and build it into their habits. And it's not someone who's, I mean, they're very successful women, they're women with beautiful families and lives, but somewhere this world just takes them over. Myself included, and I'm not trying to judge or anything at all. I'm just saying it's so easy to be caught yeah. up in that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It is so easy. I mean, who really hasn't been caught up in it, right? Um, I, um, yeah, that piece is challenging. And um, taking little steps day by day can start to make a difference there. So you, I think that social media, you know, knowing and really knowing this, that people post their happy moments on social media. Very few people are gonna post when they're having a bad day or they had a fight with their spouse or they're being a bad mom or they yelled at their kids. Like people are not gonna post that picture. Yeah. So what you're seeing is a highlight reel of people's lives that is curated. And so if you're having a terrible day and then you go to look at that and you say, oh, my friends are have this great family photo in wherever they are and these guys are in Hawaii and we don't have a vacation planned and it's comparison is really the thief of joy. And so Oh, really? I love that, Amisha. I really love that. In fact, I was going to stop you and ask you about that because, uh, you know, a lot of people struggle with just that comparison. So I'm so yeah. glad you brought that mantra. I know that I'm going to write it out and put it on top of my desk today. Yes. I mean, that is a quote from someone that that is not me, but um, that quote 
really, the more you compare yourself, you're comparing two very different things. And so our lives are the ones that we're blessed to have. And so my, one of my number one practices for people to start with is a gratitude journal. And so starting with a gratitude journal, um, I, I, um, I really like people to do it at night before they go to sleep. So they're thinking about what they were grateful for during the day. However, it, it can also work if you write down three things in the morning that you're grateful for, because our brains, they, we came like on, we came onto the planet with a negativity bias. And so our brains are meant for survival. So they are going to look for what, what's going to keep us in danger. What's going to, where do we need to move? And really, if we can start to shift that over from the negative piece to the positive, even a couple inches, it can make all the difference in how our days look. And, um, and so when we talk about gratitude, um, people generally will start with, oh, my family, my job, my house, big things. But the key with gratitude is getting really specific. So I, so like, for instance, I'm looking out my window here and like, I'm so grateful for these beautiful leaves on the trees that I can see through my window. Um, I'm so beautiful. I'm so grateful for the sunlight streaming through my window right now. Um, I'm grateful for my soft, cozy bed that I can get into this evening. So like very specific things that bring you joy even if they're standard or you're like, I don't know, my cup of coffee in the morning. Wow. Am I grateful for that? Um, and so starting to create this list, your brain will start to look for things that you're grateful for. And that will start to make a shift. And I remember when I tried this um, practice with my son at that time, he was only 10 and he would think, and then he would say, I'm grateful I can cuddle my dog. And it was so beautiful yes. because yes, that's absolutely true. And yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so a gratitude practice is, is one of the first things I recommend. The other um, is journaling. Now, a lot of people um, don't do not like journaling, um, but it's not really like, this was my day today. Here's what I did. Here's what I ate. It's not journaling like that. Um, I think using journal prompts can be really um, important and just writing whatever comes to mind. And you don't have to save this. You don't have to keep it if you don't want to. You can tear it up. But one thing that I really like is just like using a word. So trust is has has been one that I've been using lately. And then just writing down everything that comes to mind for me with trust or you could use joy. So yeah, let's break yeah. that down, Amisha. So if you say yeah. trust, so is there something, I mean, just teach me now, if I were to yes. write a page about trust, is it that we want to be writing about the things that we, the areas that we find we are lacking trust or is it the area? So what is it? Is it all right to journal the negative aspects of that in an attempt to get it out? Or are we strengthening that energy by actually writing it down? And do we only stay with the positive aspects of that? Um, my, my thoughts on that are that I think that the feelings have to come out of our body. Otherwise our body stores them. And so I think it's fine to write down negative things and then begin to shift into what is working. 
So if someone let you down or you had a betrayal of trust, mm. letting yourself write it down. It's, it's, you, you have to grieve it and you have to be upset about it and mad about it. And so, and if, if you're not talking to anyone about it, then it's staying within you. So write it all down. And again, if you don't want it to be found or seen or whatever, you can burn it, throw it away, whatever that might be, but the feelings have to move through our body. And on this note, I must also ask you, Amisha, let's say when you spoke about betrayal, I mean, this is something common that a lot of people feel at times that they've been let down by somebody or a situation or something that happened. So would your suggestion be to move past that, to actually journal that and share it with the person in a way which lets them know that you felt the feeling of betrayal by something that they said to you or did to you or do you just stay away from that journal it for yourself in an aspect to solve it within your own mental space and then just tear it up and move on I think it depends on the situation um, because I um, and what the outcome is that you're hoping for with that you know um I've had something like this going on in my own life these mm. past few months. And, um, and for me right now, it's, it's really been a process for me of a lot of journaling, a lot of talking about some of these things. And, um, and for me, I'm at no point to talk to this person um, yet because forgiveness hasn't come. Yeah. And, and so really forgiveness is within yourself it doesn't make it okay, whatever that person did um, or did not do, but that forgiveness, you know, when you're holding that anger at that against someone, it's really eating up your heart. And so it, so that really has to begin to come out and shift. And I think that a journal is a safe place for you to do that. Um, one idea there is that you can write a letter to the person that they're never going to see. Yes. Definitely don't let them see this particular letter and write out everything you, you feel and think and want, would want to say to them. Yeah. And something that would be nice just to get it out. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you're so right, because most and when you mention outcome that really popped in my head, because true, because most of the times that the outcome we are expecting is dramatically different to what actually happens. And we're not really ready for that. So uh, it's right. probably, I mean, and of course, this also has to do, Amisha, I think, with personalities of women, because there are women who just can't hold back words. And then there's women who are always holding back words. And uh, sometimes each of them need something which is the opposite uh, at certain times. But let's just move on to what you have to share in terms of what can we do for ourselves. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we talked about gratitude journaling and just regular journaling. Um, and then I think that the other piece of a lot of this tr just self-trust is taking care of our physical body. When our physical bodies don't feel good, it is hard for our emotional bodies to feel good. So really taking time to go out and move your body every day. So for 30 minutes a day, go out and do something. It doesn't have to be a class, but go out and walk or 
do yoga or whatever feels good to you, put on a song and dance. Um, but moving your body is vital to letting things flow through you. I so and, agree. And in fact, I was going to ask you because women are so ruled by hormones and hormones behave beautifully when we are taking care of ourselves. Because I personally can tell you, Amisha, that um, when I my hormones were way off balance at one point in time and uh, I'm, I'm divorced from a previous marriage and in a different marriage now but very happy but there was a phase where my hormones just went crazy and I started to almost imagine as if every woman that my husband was talking to was hitting on him or he was hitting on her and it wasn't healthy at all and it seems real in your head and I know a lot of women have different situations but hormones can make you actually believe that something is true when it's not truly that way and uh, I'm so glad you mentioned taking care of the physical body in order to have healthy emotions and on that note I would like since you have a lot of experience with women's health I would like you to take us a little bit through supportive ways of eating before we can get to the rest of what you have to share with us. Sure. Well, so, um, so in, in taking care of our physical body, it is important to eat regularly and eat meals that are going to nourish our bodies. Um, I also think that the way we eat is very important. So I'm just going to move to that for just a second here, which is, um, really taking time to be mindful with our food. And so oftentimes I think women eat on the run. If they have kids they're eating, whatever the kids left behind, they're not really making dinner for themselves or you're eating, watching TV, which is, is all, everything's fine in moderation, but if that's how you're living your life and you're having health problems, then I think that's something to start to think about is how am I eating on a regular basis in terms of the energy around my food, whatever my food and is. And that's why I like to always be done making what I need to do for everyone else. And then I say, no, I don't want to eat first. I want to be done with you and I want to sit peacefully. <laughs> <with my meal."> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And so there is definitely something to be said for that. And then just really eating peacefully, right? And taking a couple breaths before you eat, chewing your food, taking time to really absorb that nourishment. Um, and so I think that the way we eat matters. And then what we eat, of course, matters for our health. And so, um, you know, I, I guess there's a lot that we could go into there. Um, but I think supported eating for your body is really keeping your blood sugar balanced throughout the day. And so that can be different for different people. Um, and then just eating regular meals though. So not skipping breakfast, not skipping dinner. Um, and then also, I think that in relation to being able to sleep through the night an earlier, lighter dinner can make a big difference in making kind of your lunch meal, the heaviest. And that's actually the Ayurvedic 
aspect of eating as well, where you eat, where Agni is at its highest in the middle of the day, close to noon, and then you taper off eating before sunset and keeping it light. It makes a world of difference. Although I guess as a culture, most people are doing the reverse. Uh, and there's a lot of fasting that women are putting themselves on very long fasts where they just eat in four hours and they have so much dysregulation in blood sugar and hormones. But somewhere there's this perceived aspect that there is a magical diet out there. And today it seems to be associated with fasting. Yeah. Well, and fasting... Um has great benefits. Oh, absolutely. But But in the right way. Right. But it's not for everyone, you know? And so if your physical body is already struggling, if your hormones are already struggling, your blood sugar is up and down, then you really want to start to get that regulated a little bit first before doing intermittent fasting. Um, And so really speaking with your physician or a health coach who can really personalize it for you, I think makes a big difference when it comes to fasting in particular. But I think an earlier, lighter dinner is great for most people, unless you're waking up in the night because of blood sugar problems, then you might need to eat something a little bit before you go to sleep. Um, But really focusing on what you're putting in your body, like are the majority of your foods processed or whole? You know, how many vegetable servings do you eat each day? Um, How much water are you drinking each day? What alternative drinks are you drinking? You know, is there a lot of sugar in those drinks? And so just kind of looking at that, especially if health is an issue or sleep is an issue for you right now. Perfect. So let's come to a little, I know we are almost out of time. So I'd love for you to just, I know you have a little bit more to share in terms of what can we do for ourselves other than food. So I'd like you to just take us through that and then um, we'll conclude this conversation. Great. Yeah, this went so fast. Um, Okay. So I think that, you know, when we're talking about self-worth and women, I think that um, women kind of have this internal drive to be productive. And part of that does come from the external world, but really we take it in and we make it ours and we make it happen. And so if we're talking about that candle again on both ends, that can only burn for so long before something gives out. And this is usually where women start to say something's missing, (laughs) what's going on in my life that I don't feel good or I feel unmotivated or I can't sleep or I can't lose this weight or where am I, why don't I have any deep friendships anymore that I used to have? And so I think kind of looking at all of these domains in our life can really make a big difference in seeing where we should start. I don't think there's kind of a one all for everyone. I think it's a little different depending what is needed. But I do think that as women, we all need these, um, these kind of domains of security within our life. So that's having a good support network. So that can be healthcare practitioners and coaches, as well as your friends and family that support you in whatever changes you're wanting to make in your life right now. Um, And then there's nutrition, looking at that there's sleep. Like how would you rate your sleep on, on a daily basis? Are you getting seven to nine hours a night? Um, are you staying asleep through the night? 
Um, and then really just kind of looking at your movement, how, how is that affecting the rest of your life? And so really just kind of taking those domains and just putting maybe a number like zero to 10 on there and seeing where you're at and the lowest one might be where you want to start looking at how can I add more support in for myself to start to make the changes that I want to make, because they're all going to be step-by-step. I love it, Amisha. And I must ask you this before we conclude and because how we feel about our beauty, appearance, whatever has a lot to do with self-worth. And the reason I'm saying this is, let me give you an example. Several years ago, for almost 15 years, I must have gone every couple of months to poker straight my hair because I felt that my hair was horrendous. Uh, And somewhere along the way, about five years ago, I just decided that I love my loose wild waves and curls. And I just stopped doing that. And I think that goes a long way because what that's telling you is that whatever you've come here with maybe is really contributing to all that makes you as a whole and I'm not saying women shouldn't do these things but what I'm saying is could you speak a little bit into how our appearance contributes to our sense of self-worth and what can we actually do in terms of mindset to validate that for ourselves but also of course in terms of supporting in any other way because it is a big part of women and self-worth. For sure it is. Um, Well, I think that there's a couple of things with that, right? I think that looking good can encourage feeling good um, in in some healthy ways, right? So going to get your hair done, if you like getting your nails done, and that's something you enjoy for yourself, then go do that, right? Because that's going to help you feel good, uh, to to be in your body. Now, where I think that things start to get a little bit slippery are when people are perhaps women and and mostly, not not always all women, but mostly, um, are doing external treatments to gain back their youth or what they used to look like. And so there, I think that sometimes there's a disconnect. I think that it's, Um, if it's what makes you feel really good and it makes you feel good in your body, great. We're lucky to have all these options, but if you're doing it because you already don't feel good in your body and you're not necessarily accepting where, where you're at right now, then whatever procedures are done may not change that feeling until that feeling begins to be addressed, that you are worthy just as you are, whatever you look like. Um, And so, you know, I know during this like crazy um, pandemic time last year, I didn't have my hair done for like six months. And I, I, I really did. I really did not like it because my, I needed a haircut. I needed it colored and it, it really did bother me. Um, mainly just cause I didn't like 
what was happening at my roots and with the color. And so, um, but it wasn't necessarily an expression of, I did not accept myself. I did, but I like my hair better when it's colored. Um, and so then when I did go in to see the hairdresser, I was like thrilled. Um, and so it made me feel better about who I already was. I think so. And the reason I asked you was a lot yeah. of women, you know, obviously if you're struggling with hormones and you will, that's impacting how you react emotionally. Uh, I remember someone telling me that she was scared to go asleep, go to sleep because she was scared to wake up the next day and look in the mirror and find new eruptions in acne. I mean, and that's so deeply bothering to someone like that because that's a huge part of self-worth and I must say this Amisha because that is not aesthetic alone because I know that as a child I don't think anyone in my family knew how to look deeper at my chronic skin condition and it impacted confidence in such a big way that's why I think that the physiology is linked to the psychology and vice versa in terms of self-worth yes Uh, yeah yes well and I think changing what you're able to right so maybe getting you know, I mean, I mean, it can seem superficial, but sometimes it's not like getting a new makeup or getting a makeover or having a spa day and having your hair blown out. Like that can feel really good for your body. But then also if there are deeper things like that is now looking at your support network and saying, Hey, why is this happening? You know, because there's so much that really can be done from the inside out right? Our skin is an expression of who we are. Yes. And And I would say when you said support network, I think I would really encourage people to work with someone because just recently a young girl, uh, when her father mentioned to me that she felt bothered by her acne and he said he told her to not be so shallow. And I mean, that was so deeply bothering to me so I had to tell him that you know as a girl this is a big part of who she is and uh, you need to get her the support she needs to change that not force her to emotionally accept that and I think when you said support network I think just looking at where do we need support whether it's family professionally whatever is really important yes Yes, I would absolutely agree. And I think it's one of the vital things that that we as women can do and tend not to do. We tend not to ask for what we need. And so sometimes it's looking at that support network and, you know, it can be as simple as, I mean, this took me years to get to, but it can be as simple as if I want to make dinner each night for my family, I felt like I was cheating if I picked some things up from the store or we got delivery one day. Meanwhile, I was working full time, had a new baby, had a private practice. Like it, 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 I, I was really busy and I just would not let, allow this to happen because I felt like it was cheating for my family. And, and the truth is, it really would have made my life so much easier if I had accepted this sooner. And so when I finally did, you know, two or three nights a week, we would have something packaged from a store that was like Whole Foods or something like that. And we were in a fortunate place that we could do that. Um, And then other times, you know, my family offered to cook for us one or like one night a week. And so I had 
resisted so long. And then finally I just said, yeah, we need help. Cause my health was, was really getting very damaged. I um, love it. I love so, that. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just taking, looking at what's already available to us and what are you resisting? And you know, I mean, uh, I might, when you said about asking for help, and I mean, I, I'm really, I struggle to do that myself. But the one time in the month when I do have a period, I think just on the first day of my period, I just go into bed, pull the blanket over and I watch shows all day long and yeah. close up my work. And then I just make sure that someone else takes care of and I know a lot of women resisted this because it's associated with the ancient Indian custom of uh, women taking time off during their menstrual cycle which is today associated with the feeling of uh, untouchability or um, you know taboo or she's not clean yeah. and that was never the case back then it was a form of self-nurturing for women where they took time away from having responsibilities and just connecting with themselves and being with themselves and yes. I think that's a time where also we deplete ourselves if we are pushing ourselves and we don't take that time to rest yes. uh, I wish I could go on speaking with you I didn't when and you said self-worth and I was wondering, okay, is this episode going to be short and it's just flown by way longer than we planned? Uh, do you have any final um, shares before we come to the end of the show? Um, no, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for having me. And just to all the listeners, really um, see what you're resisting. And see if it, if you can begin to allow this week and see if there's a difference. And we have a show mantra, Misha, so I'm not going to let you go without completing it. And this is the part where all the guests freeze for a few seconds and then there's <laughs> silence. Um, but if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete that sentence for me? Um, oh, if sleep is the new medicine. Okay. Oh, I, I love that. Okay. If sleep is the new medicine, this world is ready for a revolution. I love it. I mean, it sounds as if you planned this. Uh, I, 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 don't, really yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone replies so quickly and with such a strong, profound statement, which I think is totally a testimony of how you feel about your self-worth because without you feeling that I don't think that kind of strength comes out of women so that's a great way to end our conversation Amisha where can people find you um thank you yeah you can find me on Instagram I'm at re um reigniting your soul um and then I have um a website all about sleep so you can find me at 40 days to better sleep and Ooh, um, i love that i never yeah. knew that yes yeah, so there's 40 days to better sleep and you'll get um an uh entire kind of mini course about looking at your sleep and uh, it's a great place to start and um and be in touch with me and so you can certainly get a hold of me at either of those places 
I love the name of your practice as well. But thank you for your time, Amisha. It was a great you. conversation. Totally worth the wait. <laughs> the thank <long>. you. Thank <laughs> you for your possibility. I'm thrilled to be here. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com.